We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your somber boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, coming at you at 10.33 p.m. on a Sunday night. Uh, after the Knicks have just played a basketball game, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But first, I'm going to introduce my esteemed co-host, who I can't wait. I can't wait to throw the first question of this pod towards him. Jeremy Cohen. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, John. It's good to see you again. It's so great, it's, it's so great to see you. Yeah. Uh, how many hours after we saw we saw each other 10 hours ago? Uh, we uh, Just about. Ten, yeah, we started about ago. 10 okay. hours ago. Yeah, well, we started 10 hours ago and then we finished nine hours ago. And you know what we did, Jeremy, when we when we saw each other over that time? We recorded a really nice podcast. It was a really, it was, I, I, it was actually, it was one of our best. It was top notch podcasting, um, in which we talked glowingly about the Knicks and all of the wonderful things, um, that they have been doing over the first, over the beginning of their season. Um, and you will hear some of that podcast uh, in a bit, the part that is that is still entirely relevant. Uh, but we are sitting here at again at now 1034 p.m. on a Sunday night. Re-recording the beginning of that podcast after the Knicks went and laid a big old big old poop burger on the court at MSG. And Jeremy, do you have a guess as to where I'm going to start this one? I, I don't, John. Indulge me. I asked you a question. It was actually the first question, the first question of the podcast earlier today. And the question was, I believe verbatim, um, is there anything the Knicks could do tonight that could get you to change your opinion about where they are and how things are looking after whatever the opening however many days of the season, six days of the season. And do you remember what your answer to that question was, Jeremy? I want to say it was no. I want to say it was no, John. And then you said, uh, wow, you're just no. remarkably even keeled as always. And I said, yes. 
<laughs> and uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to stick with that for the moment. I'm going to stay with my answer. Are you really? Because again, I am. Listen, th- I mean, there's no, I'm not trying to be like the, this is fine guys. The world burns. This was embarrassing. It was um, just a disgusting second half. I mean, it, ultimately the whole game really. Uh, but it, I mean, especially in the fourth quarter, but it's the sort of thing where, I mean, there, there are some glaring weaknesses that need to be addressed and some so- sloppy play as a whole. But again, like one of the things, what, what did I say, John, what did I say about trap games and not yeah, just trap games, but yeah. these games against this type of opponent. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. You said, um, if you, if again, I'm recalling cause it was a whole 10 hours ago. Um, if they go out and they beat the team tonight, this crappy match team. Okay. They were supposed to win the game. If they lose the game, it was a trap game. And I think it's fair at this point to characterize this as a trap game with an asterisk that like when you take 48 three-pointers, which um, would have been a uh, Nick regulation record had it not been for what happened um, literally two, two days ago. Yeah. Two days ago now. Um, and you make with it 13, I think they made th- whatever they made 27%, whatever 27% is. Um, I think, that has something to do with it as well. But yes, uh, they approach this as as a team who loses a trap game approaches a trap game. So you were right. Yeah, I guess. I'm, were you it's right? It's a sort of, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, I was. I, I At least I like to think I was. Um, because again, it, it feels like the only positive way that we could have come out of this was the Knicks blowing out the magic like they did two days ago. Otherwise, it just feels like a disappointment. <sighs> I mean, of course, if it's, Listen, if, if they had won a close the, game, the Knicks eked out a one, was, then it would have been great. You, yeah. you, know, you let you lick your wounds. Uh, like you've escaped with the W, figure it out, but you got the W. It didn't happen here, obviously. They lost. So, you know, that it's a bummer. Obviously, it's one game. Um, I, I, I can't, I, I'm upset, but it's not like this is a, a rabbit hole where I start falling, but I do think there's a serious point of attack defense issue. And I don't know how it gets solved um, because Kemba Walker isn't getting any younger and we see he's not starting to close out games. It's going to be Derek Rose, who by the way, uh, D Rose was five of eight from three, the Knicks not named Derek Rose shot 20% from deep. And when you consider how much of a shot diet, the Knicks are taking from three, that is abhorrent. That is disgusting. And that can't happen obviously, but it, you know, yeah. I, I didn't understand Alec Burks being played. I thought that was, I thought that was the one did. obvious. That was the one obvious. When you have Evan Fournier, who just yeah. went off in the previous game and the game before that, especially. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you don't have an answer for Terrence Ross. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot of answers like, how you, out there for Terrence. Ter- when Terrence Ross gets going, he's. I mean, the man scored 22 points in a quarter. That is, yeah, but he he's he doesn't need a lot of when he's going going like that. I I don't know that there's a lot of guys in the NBA that could that could stop him. Right, but still, twenty two in a, in a quarter. No, when look, he, look, I understand I, the zero part, but I, I get he, it. He erupted, and the Knicks did nothing. Yeah. I think, look, I know you get it. Obviously, <laughs> it was it was it was a it was a bad loss for all the reasons you just talked about. There was some second guessing. There, there was some terrible shooting. Julius uh, Randall and Tom Thibodeau after the game said that they did not think the Knicks came out with the requisite amount of effort. Um, 
the Magic clearly after getting reamed by their coach after showing up with no effort um, on Friday night, clearly came out with a, a bunch more effort. The Knicks did not match that. This was a game early. The Knicks were down by six early. They eventually took a 13 point um, second quarter lead and, um, you know, uh, could not maintain it because of, of some of the issues that we just talked about. I guess zooming out for a second, um, we we're, like, why are we re-recording this? We're re-recording this because we said pretty much nothing but glowing things about this team, whatever it was, 10 hours ago, right? Um, and now we have to say some negative, like, other than Kemba Walker having a brain fart in the last 90 seconds of the first the first game, the Knicks have played pretty much perfect at basketball for for two games, right? Or had played per- perfect basketball for two games. Yeah. And now they have not played perfect basketball, yeah, sure. right? Okay. So um, that's why we're re-recording this. And I think the the message is that this is just a, like, this is a, a normal NBA team. Normal NBA teams have games like this. I think where, where the part that I don't know if unnerved is, is the right word. That's not the right word because I'm not unnerved, but like, the part that made tonight a little bit jarring is last season, the Knicks certainly lost some bad games or games where you're like, oh man, they really probably should have won that game and they lost it. Those games were pretty much exclusively early in the year. Uh, I want to say maybe like the Laker game late in the year that they lost was an exception. Maybe I'm forgetting one more game. Am I forgetting one more game? Like they, they look like poop against the Celtics uh, in the last game of the season. They look like poop uh, for a while against the Spurs towards the end. Oh, the Timberwolves game. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, that was another one. Timberwolves. Yep. Yeah. Timberwolves game. So like they had that Holtz game, right? Was it just the final yeah. three games of the, so of they, the season? They didn't look good. In I know you mentioned game. the Celtics and Spurs, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing though. Yep. They found a way to win those games. And that's what the Knicks, the second half of the Knicks schedule pretty much, or at least the, or at the very least the, the, the final third of the Knicks schedule was characterized by the Knicks. This um, hole is greater than the sum of the parts, figuring out a way to win games that they did not win earlier in the year. However, here's the thing. I think their talent level increased because they traded for Derek Rose. They figured out the rotation. They weren't playing Kevin Knox anymore. All these types of things. So, you, you know, we got this sense that like, okay, this is all heading in a certain direction. And then tonight, you know, Sunday night, I was like, oh, wait, no, it, it, they're, they're still just a normal team that can lose a game like this. Um, and I guess that to me, that's why it was worth coming on here and being like, all right, we need to kind of check ourselves um, and be like, yes, this team has an incredibly high ceiling, but they are also not infallible. But then again, I don't know how many teams are in foul in the league because, like, what's going on with the with the with the um, three perceived title favorites: the Lakers, the Bucks, and the and the Nets. They have two wins between them, right? Um, did the Bucks play tonight? Yeah. I, don't, I, should, I should. They did they win or did, did they lose? Not. The Bucks lost again. I don't believe they played at all. Oh, Wait, they did. They, no, they didn't play tonight. No, they didn't play. Okay, so the Bucks have one they win. Did not play. The Nets have one win, in which they needed to outscore the Sixers, whatever it was, 15, nothing down the stretch. And the Lakers have, have uh, zero wins. So and like at this moment, they're currently winning by six at halftime. Okay. So maybe the Lakers get, so maybe each of those teams will end this weekend with 
a win. We are not recording again if the Lakers win. Um, <laughs> just throw that out there. Third time's uh, a charm. Oh, Bucks do have two wins. Okay, thank you. Ed. Okay, but they also lo- they all lost yeah. a terrible game in which they did not have their full allotment. But like, okay, so maybe the Bucks, the defending champions, are like the team that has their shit together completely. Everybody else, the Hawks look like shit. Uh, the Mavs look like shit. Like everybody has had a moment so far, except the Bulls, apparently, um, where they've looked like shit. Um, Do you remember the third game of last season for the Knicks, by the way, John? Uh, wasn't that the game they beat the Bucks? Yes, it was. There you go. I, I guess the point I'm making, and, and this isn't to say that the the Magic or the the Knicks of old or anything like that, but just like teams are figuring things out. It's not going on. And I think what you're, what you're saying is accurate in terms of this podcast. It wasn't like we were so over the top. Well, maybe now I'm thinking it, it was a glowing podcast. I'll put it that way. No, but we didn't. What, what bad were we going to say? That was the thing. It was like, what did we have two games? Yeah. Well, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, some people might feel it's just one game. Some people might think it's egregious. And just the fact of the matter was for us to have this glowing podcast and then be met with a loss that again, I mean, we, we didn't expect it. I think, there was obviously always the idea of a trap game, but when you blow a team out by around 30 points in their home stadium and you're coming back, your, your first instinct is, Oh, I think they can win again. They didn't. Uh, and I think Cole Anthony had the game of his life. And uh, again, like the point of attack defense, there needs to be something done about it. And I, I'm not entirely sure how it works, so, but, but that's why they have like, these are the early season struggles. And, but that's the other thing. Cause you just threw out a specific thing. And again, before this game, not that anybody was thinking Kemba Walker was, um, who's the best defensive point guard in the NBA right now? Is it, I don't know. Is it Drew Drew Holiday? Not that anybody was thinking Kemba Walker was Drew Holiday um, on defense, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a thing that we needed to dwell on, you know, and now it's a little bit of thing that we need to dwell on. (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. I'm not saying that out loud. Um, Frank Neal Aquino. I'll say uh, that's what Andy. Yes. Um, in any case, like last season, we knew what the Knicks issues were. Like their offense had a distinct stealing because they just didn't have a lot of guys who could do a lot of different things. Alfred Payton existed. Um, and it was pretty simple. Like again, before this game, we didn't really need to dwell on any specifics. Um, you know, and now it's like, all right. Do we really need to dwell on like, is like, you know, is the Kemba point of attack defense is like that going to be the thing that we go to? Like, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I think I still love this team's approach. I love the fact that they took 48 threes tonight, because again, I think for the most part, most of those threes, if not a wide margin of those threes were good shots. Um, They just didn't go in from guys that I think are going to normally make them again. RJ Barrett was one for seven from deep. Evan Fournier was two for seven from deep. Um, Alec Burks was one of six from deep. I don't think Emmanuel quickly has made a three this year. He's probably made one. I can't remember it. Um, He did. He he definitely did. He made the whole whole eye thing. Oh yes. (laughs) That's right. The pirate, the pirate. How can we forget the pirate? Um, Silly me. Um, in any case, he's struggled. Um, you know, Toppin was 0 of 3 from deep. Uh, Julius Randle was 2 of 3. Like, these are not guys who I'm going to worry about shooting whatever the hell they shot tonight. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of, of nights where all of them shoot whatever they shot tonight from deep. Um, so, again, if we're talking about, like, systemic issues or anything, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, 
yeah, could we quibble about Tibbs played Alec Burks a handful of more minutes than he should have, as opposed to going with, um, you know, going going to to Fournier? Sure, but at the same time, like my halftime Zoom with with, with my uh, newsletter subscribers, everybody was like. He's got to play the subs more. The subs got what it takes. The subs are where it's at. If he's got, if he's going to want to win this game. He's got to play the subs more. Guess what? Subs came in and gave up a 15th or nothing lead or 15th or nothing run in the second half. And, and it was all about, you got to get the starters back in there. Like, look, sometimes you just play like shit and the Knicks did not play great tonight. One of the things that I, um, kind of picked up on during the game is RJ continued to struggle. I mean, again, he's one for his last 12 from three from, from deep. Uh, and of course he went three of seven the first game of the season, it reminded me almost exactly of last year, yeah. last year when he went three of three from deep first game, then O of six, O of four. And then after that, O of three, O of eight, then four of five, the bottom line. And then, you know, he struggled again. And then he was one of the, he went through a few shooters rough stretches. Yeah. I'm, I'd say facetiously of all time, but yeah, exactly. So it's that sort of well, from the corner. He had a pretty great season, right? Yeah. So if you're thinking like, Oh, you know, this, that with RJ again, there's a similar pattern. Like even it's like a microcosm of his actual game throughout the season where he just starts off very cold in the first half, first quarter, whatever you want to call it. And then he just gets hot and he do it. didn't happen this game. Obviously. Um, I also wish Julius Randall didn't ISO quite as much. There were a lot of forced things, but yes, it's to me, it feels like a great meal that you've had. Like a, you go to a nice steakhouse, maybe uh, everything's fantastic. The ribeyes medium rare. The the you know steak frites are delicious. You got some nice spinach on the side. You feel a little hungry still after the meal. You order dessert and it's crap. Not physical crap, but it's just not good. No, doesn't tonight mean is they, they actually served you a lump of shit. That's what this game sure. was. Even so, uh, offensive, especially if you've had this nice steak meal. But regardless, uh, does the dessert outweigh the beautiful steak meal that you just had? I don't think it does. I think you also have learned like, hey, maybe shit doesn't taste very good. And don't order that next time or expect it next time or, um, you know, never know. So, Uh, Andrew, yes, indeed. A nice slice of humble pie. I do. I, I will. I hope I'm not breaking confidences here, but uh myself. And Andrew and uh, Bernard and Yash on our on our text chain were texting a few days ago about where this team's um, win total is going to wind up. And we were specifically talking about the first 16 games, which is before things get pretty hairy. And my my fear was that they would emerge from the first 16 games with like nine and nine and seven, you know, maybe, maybe 10 and six. I was like 10 and six. I'll I'll sign for 10 and six. And, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but some people were like, Oh no, 12 and four, you know, 11 and five at worst. Um, And I'm like, it's the NBA. It's, it's, it's hard to go five games or, or eight games, whatever it is above 500 in a 16 game span. And the next three games they have coming up now, Philly, Chicago, New Orleans, like, again, if you lose to the magic, you can lose any of those teams. I'm not saying they will. They may win all three of those games, Jeremy, (laughs) for your, you know, something that may come up later. But I, um, I do think now after this game, it's like, okay, you know, really got to bear down because this, this, without question, this beginning portion of their schedule is something they need to take advantage of. 
So this is their one, you know, this is their one mulligan, right? This is their mulligan. They don't get another one. Um, you know, I'm not saying they can't lose to, you know, other teams that maybe they should be, but like this was, this one hurt. If you're someone again, who was looking at the first 16 games and be like, this is going to set us up for success for the rest of the year. Because I'll tell you right now, if they come out of this first 16 and they're like nine and seven with what comes down the pike after that, it, it might be a little rough. That's the last thing I wanted to say. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Knicks basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for Knicks tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that all other sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you could find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price. When the Knicks schedule came out, there are definitely certain dates we all circled on the calendar. October 20th against the Celtics, Christmas Day against the Hawks, January 12th against the Mavericks, even April 6th against Brooklyn. Whether on the road or in the garden, TickPick has you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash film school today to save $10 on your first order of Knicks tickets. That's TickPick.com slash film school to save $10 on your first order of Knicks tickets today. Let's quickly go back because I haven't had a chance to talk to you yet about the Celtics game. Um, I've spoken a lot about it. Um, I, I think it's safe to say it was a memorable game. Um, well, let's let's go there. How memorable was it, Jeremy? Do you think, let's start with this. Is this the most memorable regular season game of your lifetime watching the Knicks? No, I don't think so. I've been okay, watching Okay, then what, what's, what's better? I, well, again, I mean, there were Knicks Heat games. I think, you know, arguably when you look at the Knicks Heat game, or what was it, Knicks-Cavs? Which one? There was, I can't even remember, which probably goes to show. What, that this is about when are we talking? Well, like uh, what? In 2013, did the Knicks go to Cleveland when LeBron, or 2014, when LeBron came home? I mean, yeah, the there, there were, it was fun. It, there it were games that were, that were big leading up to whatever the game was. I, I guess maybe sure. I should have asked it differently. It, 
given how the game transpired, because I think to me, this was the most, either the most, actually, no, it's the second most regular season opener that I could remember. And my memory from the nineties is a little fuzzy. And I would go so far as to say in just in terms of how the game played out, it was, I'm not going to give a, a air of importance because it's the first game of the season, but like in terms of just how crazy the game was and how people were feeling about it afterwards and talking about it afterwards, I think it's in, it's in my top five since the nineties at the very least. Wow. Do, no, do you want to hear my, sure. I would love to hear yours. Okay. So I have, I have a few that I, that I thought of. Um, so the first one I'm going to go is the most recent one. Um, the win against Memphis last year, which I think we all agree is the biggest win of last season. Here's what I did. I had forgotten. So the Knicks record after they lost that game was 25 and 27. They were two games under 500 and on. So that was April 7th of 2021. Um, Indiana trailed them by a game and Chicago trailed them by two and a half games. So they were in very real danger of slipping to the plan. So I think that's one that goes on the list. Um, another one that I have that goes on the list. That, that's I think that's the biggest one from last season. So I'm not going to reference any other from last season. Um, and then I'm just going to go back in receding order. I had to pick a game from the 2017-18 season because there was a there was a hot minute there where we were like Porzingis, Frank, uh, Tim Timmy. Hardaway Jr. There's a buzz, yeah, in the beginning. So the the game that I'm picking there is um when they beat Indiana on a, it was uh, Frank had a big jumper, big three. To go a game over 500. So they were five and four. Big, big win there. I think I was actually uh, at that game. Were you really? I was. Yeah. Listen, no, I'm, I'm not thinking, there were two games where the, I think the other one was the Hornets game that season early okay. on. And I was at the Pacers one and it was a blast. And it was, I remember walking out of there. I think I even tweeted it where it was like, I know this feeling isn't going to last because I don't think this team is for real. But man, it feels really good to have this type of winning. And it was great. And then, of course, it, it was not. And, but, uh, but no, it was, it was a great game. I remember it vividly. Um, yeah, I just remember the three. I don't remember much about that. the rest of that game. Um, the game, I don't know that I could, could pick one game from the uh, 2012-13 season, but I am going to try. And it's the, the Thunder game that they won 125 to uh, 120. Um, Carmelo Anthony had 36 and 12 in that game. JR, 22 off the bench. Um, and then mentioned, I believe, on a podcast this week was uh, the the game that kind of started Linsanity when things were falling apart in 2011 and 12. And then that th- that got things going. And then as far as season openers go, I think the 2012-13 season opener against the defending world champion Miami Heat in terms of like setting the tone for the season, like, oh, wow, maybe this team is, is actually going to be pretty good. And then they started at 6-0. So those are the ones that I thought of. For me, just quickly, uh, yeah. I feel like that I agree with you that the Grizzlies game obviously was a the turnaround point for the Knicks. But at that moment, because I think when we look back and be like, wow, that, that really was the point where everything switched. That's why it feels even better. I think if we're just looking at one game at the time for when we were watching it, for me, I think the best regular season game of last year was actually the Mavs game. The one that they went into Dallas and won just based on the energy, the emotions, what was at stake? You know, the Knicks are now finally on this winning streak. 
Uh, Julius yeah. Randle's coming home. It's Porzingis. All these things. It, it built up. It was a primetime game as well, nationally yeah. televised, yeah. similar to this in that sense. Um, so that's why I think just single game. And they lost the Mavs. What was it? A week or two before. Destroyed yeah. Uh, yeah. in early April. Right. So uh, I say destroyed in the sense of like, it just, that third it got away from so them bad game. in the fourth. Yeah. I think they scored like six points in the first six minutes or something. So uh, of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So um, I got to go with the, with the Dallas game. Just if we're looking I at like that it. one game at the time, but I'm with you that in terms of last season as a whole, the, the Memphis game, I think turned everything around and um, should absolutely be considered the best game from a uh, season standpoint. Yeah, I mean, we'll never know like what would have happened if they lost this game. I'll, I guess if they go on to have a terrible year, we could turn around and say it didn't matter. But I wonder if they go on to have a decent year, which or better than decent year, um, whether we'll we'll you know look back on that game as being more meaningful than maybe it even appears right now. Um, well, how, how would there, you have felt if they had lost uh, this game? I mean, despondent is that a good word? I, I just I I was on this podcast and I said I thought that game was huge because of the two magic games to follow it up and the prospect of like you lose that game and you slip on one of these magic games. And then the rest of the schedule over this first, um, I guess, fifth of the season has a couple of tough games. You know, you got the Philly games. Well, who knows at this point with how they've looked a little uneven um, and, and the two box games, but the rest of those games are games like they like, maybe not evenly matched. Maybe the Knicks will be favored more of those like kind of in between games than not. But I was like, shit, if they ever started the season off one and two, and then you start playing teams like, yeah, they kind of should beat the bulls. Maybe they kind of should beat the Pelicans. Like, you know, well, Pelicans look like crap, but again, um, getting off track. I was just worried about uh, a uh, cascading effect. That's all. That's fair. I think I just would have felt numb because this is a game that the Knicks should have won in regulation. Yes. And I, you know, I'm not begrudging them because at the end of the day, the Knicks got the W so that's fine. And it was just certainly more anxiety and stress that we had to go through at the end, but it was well worth it in the long run. But yeah, I think it would have just been like, okay, this is a game that should have won. There are things they're going to work on. Um, And I think that's also a testament to if, let me, let me throw it back at you because I certainly have my thoughts on it. If the Knicks had basically slept walked through this preseason, right? If they had not gone with uh, the lineups that they did with tinkering with the minutes that they gave out to other players, do you think the Knicks are prepared for the Celtics game? Or do you think that they basically had to start working out kinks earlier in order to really get to the point where they could be better? Because for me, I I think that they certainly have tried various things in the preseason um, and they were like, for example, right? Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but we'll Randall about and Obi. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Randall and Obi. If the Knicks aren't down multiple big men for whatever reason, you know, yeah. be it injury, foul trouble, do they try to go with this Randall Obi connection? And I really don't think they do. I think it took a well, depleted center position for them to finally say, hey, well, let's try this because it's better than putting Jericho Sims. We'll get an answer to that as soon as the centers are healthy and they find themselves in a tight game in which they probably maybe will have a little trouble scoring, right? hundred percent. But, yeah. but that's my point where the, let's say, right. That Taj doesn't foul out and he's, yeah. he's able to play. If the Knicks don't play Randall Obi, they don't know if it works or not. It could. Are you talking about the last preseason game when Taj? Fouls? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. So when Taj is out because he, the birth of his child. Congratulations, yeah. Taj. Um, and Noel is still injured and Jericho Sims can only provide you so much. Yeah. Then without that fourth preseason game, the, the Knicks are kind of like, you know, hoping a prayer 
against um, against Boston by throwing Obi out. And the thing is, I feel like even though Bradley Beal did not play in the second half of that final preseason game, the Wizards are still, they're a better team than they used to be. Yeah, um, for sure. So the fact is that they were trying uh, actively and they had still talent on the floor at the time. It's not like they threw in the white towel and said, or the Raul Neto, baby. Right. World beat Exactly. <laughs> but the Knicks were able to, to tinker with what they had and then it paid off in that final game. So to kind of go back to the original question, do you feel like that was important or do you feel like no, it's, it doesn't really matter? I feel. No, it was important. I think the entire preseason was important. I think how the Tibbs approaches preseason games is important. I was, you know, shouting this from the hilltops. I've been doing it for, for two years now. Um, I, I guess. The, the first thing I could think of when you're like, do you think they could have won that game if they didn't prepare the way they did? I'm like, well, where was the preparation in the last 90 seconds of the game when they almost pissed it away? And I, I, I don't think there's any explanation for that. I, I, I don't think that has anything to do with anything. I'm, I'm being a little facetious because I think that's just kind of one of those free things that happens every now and then. But I think we can certainly look back at the preseason and say, and, and this goes for last year too, when Emmanuel quickly started out, I believe he didn't even play at all in the first preseason game. And then he got like seven minutes in the first, second preseason game, third preseason game. He played a considerable number of minutes and then he started the fourth one. And then that was the, the you know, the game against the Cavs where we're like, holy shit, they really have something here. Boom, right away. Regular season tips is relying on quickly. So I think, I think these preseason games absolutely matter for him. And I think, um, you know, we don't we don't have to talk too much about Randall and, and Obi together, but I, I will say uh, or point out, hi Andrew, uh, that I was I was wrong, um, and I think Andrew was wrong too. I think you chimed in on this during halftime of the Orlando game when I, I so for anybody who is not on the halftime zooms, I predicted that we would not see Obi and Randall together in the second half because I thought that would be something that Tom Thibodeau um, saves for you know, breaking case of emergency glass. We saw it a considerable amount and we saw it. I mean, this is a good transition. We saw it maybe a little bit too much when he reinserted Randall back in at the end of the game to get some more time. And after the game, Tom Thibodeau said um, something to the effect of like, well, first he said that they had made a little run, but he also said, we, we, we still have things to work on. What I took from that is that he's he, like, this is a thing he wants to, to go to in games that matter. And he still feels like, in, as, which we should have learned at the end of the preseason and which we're still learning now, he still feels like it needs work. Um, I think that's a good sign for anybody, perhaps people on this podcast, who want to see Julius Randle and Obi Toppin play together more. Any, any, any comments from anybody in the peanut gallery? It's Jeremy's turn. Yes. Jeremy, how do you feel? No, no, no. Don't put the heat on me. Don't throw me under the bus because I you're the one I took my lumps the other day. Okay? And you can take them again. Take no, you're the one that did a whole thing last time. That a whole thing. I yes. just said, I just said, and it's, it, I want to put out here that uh -huh. uh, it is still correct in that I want to see Tom Thibodeau play Randall and Obi when they have healthy centers because mm -hmm. the whole, the whole argument I had was it's not that I don't think it doesn't work. It's that Tom just, isn't playing it because of the fact that there are healthier fives. And so when that happens, I will absolutely say, you know what? I, I'm glad to be wrong. I'm glad they did this. But again, we have not seen a situation where the Knicks have had a, a deeper core at the five, or, you know, more depth at the five for guys who've been healthy or active. And, and he still plays Obi over them. 
So. Can I defend both of you? I would not well, be shocked. You. Don't defend Andrew. Oh, stop yeah. it. I have the same take. It Go would ahead, not Josh. shock me in the least if once the center, it, it, once a center, it, additional in addition to Mitchell Robinson, once another center is healthy, we don't see this thing for five games. The, Obi and Randall together. Would not shock me in the least. I'd be, again, pleasantly surprised if we did. and very happy about it. But both of you guys had the reasonable take. I'm the one who was out on the limb saying like, yeah, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe he gets crazy. But again, it's been out of necessity right now. So who the hell knows what the what the real, where the truth actually lies? I don't know. I will say one thing just yeah. in terms of the, the Celtics game and even the preseason game before it. It feels like the Knicks still are woefully unprepared or underprepared in terms of... Um, late game execution, specifically on the defensive end, because the Wizards game, right? When R- Randall missed that free throw and then the Wizards tied it and the Knicks had to just play better defense. And then they wouldn't have been in that position where Randall had to hit a game winner over Gafford and yeah. they win, which again, like it's preseason. You figure these types of things out. Of course, you know, they, they talked about how Jason Tatum slipped and that threw off confusion. And then yeah. there was a breakdown. And before you know it, Marcus Smart hits a three and Mike Breen is is doing a double bang for the Boston Celtics on national television, which was it was not a double bang. Core. Yeah, he said he said bang twice. I thought it, there was a second bang. I there was a second bang. bang. As a double bang. It. Similar to the Kennedy assassination, Shit. there was a second bang. Anyways. Um sorry, it was right there. Um for you, it was for right me, there. Yeah. Well, for 99 out of 100, 999 out of 1,000 other people, that would not have been the thing that's right there. <laughs> well, it was right there for me. So um, that's why we love you. But don't don't act that what goes through your head is like, oh, this is what goes through everybody. Well, what goes I, through JFK? Never mind. Uh, oh, anyways, God. Um, I've left myself speechless. Uh, anyways. Uh, so in terms of the late game execution, it's uh, oh fuck! <laughs> you know what? Can we just, he move just on? said execute. Just, oh my yeah. god! Jesus, that, that one wasn't even okay. Um, Reset, Jeremy. Your thoughts <laughs> on basketball? Anyways, it's to go back to our, our main point here. The Knicks, which was are getting this done. They're they're messing up at the, at the wrong time, but at the right time in terms of the schedule. Whereas. A game that yes. doesn't matter. And then it's the early. It's season. early. Yes. And then you hope that they build on that. So. Moving okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> How do you. So, so, John, you want to see more minutes of Obi and Randall together? Speaking of minutes. Uh, transition. This is not. I'm not, not a novice. Um, it, in any case, uh, so yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this if, if that's okay. I, I just so for anybody again who may have turned off the TV at the end of the uh, Magic game because there was the first Magic game because it was a, a thirty point whatever lead. Um, Tom Thibodeau reinserted Julius Randle with about six minutes. Not about. I know what it is. It's six minutes and fifty one seconds ago. Six minutes forty one seconds ago, and uh, the Knicks are up by twenty four. Um, can an NBA team come back from 24 down at six minutes and 40 seconds? Sure. It's possible. Uh, was this the magic team that, that was going to do it? I'm, I'm not so sure. So there was a little bit of criticism. I joined in on the criticism. I said, I, you know, that I didn't think there was a reason for Randall to be in there. Um, sure enough, a couple of minutes later, there's a flagrant foul. Randall ended up being fine. But, you know, I think as a result of this, there was some discussion about uh, on, on the, uh, the good old Twitterverse about, you know, things are going good. Um, why do we have to criticize? Right. 
Um, why do we why do we have to pick nits uh, at anything right now? Because, you know, we have a head coach who has cleaned up things and and the whole thing. And like, you know, let's just let's be happy and and I guess enjoy every win for for what it is, as opposed to trying to, to poke holes. And, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think there's some validity to to that line of thinking because only because I think back to last uh, season and Andrew was my witness. How many times would I get annoyed on post games where people were like, why the fuck is Alfred Payton playing 25 minutes for this team? I don't get it. And my view was like, look, they're winning. Like Thibodeau, maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe there's some stuff in the locker room. Maybe this, maybe that, you know, and then I thought about this. I'm like, well, who gets to decide like, <laughs> when it's okay to criticize and like when it's okay, not to criticize. Like, I guess the point is it's always okay to criticize. Um, I do think there to some extent should be a uh, trust in the process as it were. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I don't know whether I have a concrete thought on any of this. Jer- Jeremy, do you have, what are your thoughts? If any time is a flat circle. <laughs> like we had this conversation last year because it seemed like there were times where there would be valid criticism of, of Tibbs. And that's not doubting his abilities. That's not saying that he, you know, doesn't know what he's doing that. Or he's a bad coach or he's wrong coach. It's just like, again, if, if Tibbs, whole thing is, you know, I'm never happy. He's always looking for reasons to tinker and to make the product better. Then why is it that we can't have the same philosophy? Why is it that we can't say, well, listen, we would have done something differently. Yeah. And I think that's the, the disconnect with Twitter, right? It's like, we would have done this con- differently. Well, are you saying that he doesn't do things right? Are you saying that, you know, are you arguing and saying he's wrong? Yeah. No, it's just, here's a passing thought in so many characters without me having to extrapolate. And even if I did extrapolate and I did a thread, people might gravitate more towards the first tweet and then they go off of that. And it's like, no, it's in the, the thread. That's what I'm saying. And it's implied. I, I'm basically just picking at this one thing that I would do differently. And, and that's, I think, the issue, just in general. That, I mean, that's often why I try to just do jokes on Twitter. It's very hard to, to be detailed. It's hard to extrapolate from there uh, or expand. And, um, and it just becomes tricky from that. But I, I, I'm with you. you know? Again, I think that there's something to be said where, yes, we saw the Celtics come back, right? But it took Jalen Brown going off and having one of the greatest performances I've seen in a season opener, certainly greatest um, Celtics history for a season opener, which right. you know, quite a history uh, there. Right. Like think about that Celtics game. It took him hitting a three from like almost 40 feet away or <laughs> yes. for them to make it a one possession game. Um, is Jalen Suggs going to hit that shot and make it a one possession game? Probably not. I understand why. Listen, there, there was a game two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Maybe what might've been last year between the Kings and the wolves. and the lead that I think. Oh, I know the game you're talking right. about. I think it was last year. It evaporated and it ended up in a loss. And I understand that, but there's also something to be said. Of, you can get it to a point where you're killing them, but also this, this magic team is not a contender. And I understand that in that <laughs> wolves and Kings games, but it was either, but it's yeah. the sort of thing where you could probably get away with it. Is it the sort of thing where it's so ag- aggravating that, we're going to be super upset about it and, and harp on it. No. And that's not yeah. what you were doing either. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of thing. Just like, Hey, if this team sucks that they're playing, they have nothing to play for. There are more fans in their own stadium that are Knicks fans than there are magic fans. This is basically a home game. This is going to be fine. So I, I, I would have taken out Randall a little bit earlier 
there's no problem here. And I think you can yeah, agree to that no. too. It's just a I, passing thought that has now turned that, into something bigger, which just, which is silly. Um, I, I agree. There's arguments on both sides. Um, and just to be very clear, my, my, my quibble new word of the day, um, is with the fact that not, not about an extra minute or two, because that's, I'm not someone who believes an extra couple of minutes is a big deal, but specifically the tenor of that game had gotten very chippy. And I was like, when he went back in, I'm like, this, this, something doesn't feel right about this. And sure enough, you know, it almost, uh, ended badly, but thankfully it didn't. And we can move on. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Want to do predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Andrew, who, who's going to go first? Uh, who would like to go first? Well, I would just like to point out that... Uh, <laughs> it's the first week. What, did I, you, are I you did, the defending I did champ? do a much better job of predicting last year. Um, so I think I do deserve the right to have first names on you, you won the crown last year, I'm sure, probably. Um, you could go first. So this this week's games. So we're predicting the game that will have already happened by the time you're listening to this, the, the second Orlando game, um, as well as the game at home against Philadelphia on Tuesday, and then back-to-back road games at Chicago on Thursday, and then at uh, New Orleans on Halloween Eve, uh, Saturday night, as it yeah. were. Are so, we dressing uh, up next Sunday? It's a good question. I don't even know what I'm dressing up for. I for mean, actual Halloween. For the pod, yeah, that, that's I'm gonna, Halloween. I'm gonna have a costume. I, I haven't gotten it yet. I don't know what it's gonna be, but I, I will obtain a costume. So if you'd like me to wear said costume for said pod, yes, I will do it. For maybe not for the whole pod because I got in trouble for having that Red Sox sh- or that Boston shirt up for the entire pod, and everybody was mad at me, including fucked up, including Jeremy. It was Everyone hilarious. Did a great job of it. Everybody did a great job, and I'm happy with myself for also being doing a great job. Regardless, we should only temporarily put up the costumes, and then I don't know, take your Michael Myers mask off and do the rest of the pod normal. You know what I I'm. A- Sorry, I'm I'm going back to I'm zigging. Um, I I want Jeremy to go first for the predictions. Oh, it's fine. Go zig zig away, Jeremy. Go first. Well, I know why he's doing it because he knows what I'm going to pick. And well, then- no, I I actually don't even really care what you're going to pick because I'm I'm just tossed up between. There's only two choices that I want, and I don't even want to have to make the choice between those two choices. So I'll let you make the choice between those two choices. Well, that was the other option. Okay. Well, I'm going to go three and one because you'll take the other one. That's what um, you're going to. Yep. Okay. Which again, I I think there's a legitimate chance that uh, for the one you pick that it will be successful. Um, obviously that would mean the Knicks are six and oh, which is phenomenal, but uh, I'm just going to, you know, say there's one off night in the span of four games. And uh, you know, also for, if for some crazy reason, the Knicks go two and two, which I really hope they don't, then I'm covered. So John, why don't you go ahead and state what your answer will be? Oh, so you're assuming that I'm going to pick four and oh, actually I was, are you not? Are you picking two and two? So here's the thing. I'm look I'm looking at the games that my original gut instinct was great. It's either three and one or two and two. And now I'm looking at the games. I'm like, okay, Orlando. That's a win. Should be a win. New Orleans has looked really bad through, I believe they've played three games. They were 0-3. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be a win. 
Then you got Philadelphia and Chicago. Chicago has looked pretty good. The Knicks are going on the road to Chicago to play in Chicago. Should they still win that game? Yeah, maybe. They're not going to be favored in it. Um, they're also not going to be favored at home against Philadelphia. Um, unless like Joel Embiid doesn't play, but I'm assuming he's going to play because why, you know, we have no indication as of now that he is, is not going to play. Um, I, I, man, I mean, so here I'm going to, I'm going to recharacterize what I said before. I think three and one was the obvious pick by far. It was the most obvious pick. I need to go two and two. I still, I'm still not, I don't know. I think this team still has a kink or two to work out. And I, the end, I'm not going to lie. The, the, the end of the Boston game scared me a little bit. Sure. That's all. I, that makes sense. But I, I'll say this. I don't want to put down Chicago because I'd be talking out of both sides of my mouth. If I said, Hey, look at the Knicks and the schedule and blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, the Bulls look at the teams they played. The Bulls did a great job of beating the Pistons, Pistons twice. last night. They also beat them. They were losing, you know, in the first half against them. It was a, uh, it was a close game in the fourth quarter and then Chicago pulled away towards the end. Yeah. Right. And then the second game they played, it was also against an inferior opponent, right? Uh, I believe so. I'll look it up right now, but yeah, so, no, I think Chicago, Chicago has not played really any quality. They played teams. the teams on the New game. Orleans, New Orleans. Thank you. There you right. go. So we just, okay. okay. So again, it's very possible that the bulls could be certainly better. Again, they, they did a really nice job of in the second half beating down a Pistons team that did not have Kate Cunningham. But again, I'm still, at least the Knicks kind of can hang their hat on the fact that there was a double digit lead against the Celtics when Jalen Brown was going off. They squandered it. How can they learn from that? How can they get better? So I'm with you. I think that, again, there's a very distinct possibility that the Knicks lose that game to the Bulls, especially if it's in Chicago. Um, but I'll take my chances with three and one. And I'm glad you're going with two and two, especially because if the Knicks go four and oh, I get to be doubly happy. Well, here's the thing. If the Knicks go four and zero, I'm not going to give a shit about the the fact that I picked two and two because the Knicks will at that point be six and zero, and we'll all be like, I don't know, planning ticker tape parades. If they do go two and two, then I'm going to look awfully smart. So I'm me. I'm the one who can't lose. All right, uh, Andrew, it's your time to shine. Well, producers' corner. Um, I wanted to just throw some NBA headlines at you guys and see mm -hmm. what your reactions are. Steph Curry on Friday night had 45 on 25 shot attempts, um, including eight of 13 from threes. And he's gotten double digit rebounds in both of his first two games. My question, uh, would oh either of you like to adjust your pick for MVP this year? Cause now he's the second best odds at plus 600. Um, so who's, who's in, who's the leader now? Luca still plus four seventy five. Yeah. Interesting. Well, they did the doubt. The Mavs did win on Saturday night against the, um, the aforementioned Raptors. Um, I think I picked Giannis. Do I want to adjust? You pick Luca. Yes. You pick Luca. And I did. I picked Jeremy pick Jeremy pick Giannis. Oh, okay. Well, they were my one and two. And I, I felt strongly that they were the two. Giannis plus 650 also. So it's not like this is this is crazy to say. And Kevin Durant plus 650. So those are your four best. Lucas, Steph. Katie Giannis with Joel Embiid at plus a thousand and at fifth, 10 to one. Do I want to adjust my pick? While you're thinking, I'm going to say no. I'm okay. going to stick with Giannis as good as Steph is. And, you know, he's just incredible. And I think that the Warriors will 
be a better team, especially when Clay comes back. But um, no, I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick with Giannis. I think he deserves the, the right in that sense. Not saying he, Steph doesn't, obviously, but there's something remarkable about Steph being, what, 33 years old and winning an MVP. That'd be pretty cool. But um, no, he is 33. He's up there. I think 32 or 33. Yeah. Regardless, the fact that I don't even look at age at this point because these guys keep defying age as we keep watching the NBA. He's he's a one of one. And as the years go by, the narrative of him winning another one this later in his in his career after people thought that his peak was potentially done is there. You know, the narrative of him winning like 52 games with this Warriors team is, you know, potentially on the table. Can I just we're, we're a long ways away from Clay coming back. It's maybe it's Christmas. Maybe it's January. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to read off their upcoming schedule very quickly um, at Sacramento, at Oklahoma City, Memphis home, uh, Oklahoma City home, Hornets home, New Orleans home, Rockets home. Atlanta home. I'm not. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's not thing. a misprint. Um, Wolves home. <laughs> Bulls home at Charlotte. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven straight games. They will be favored in um, barring anything crazy. Um, and they what are they going to go? Are they going to go eight and three? Are they going to go nine and two in, the, in that stretch? Then they have a tough game in Brooklyn. And then again at Cleveland, at Detroit, um, home for Toronto. Home for Philly. Who knows what's going to be going on? Portland. And then the schedule gets a little bit tougher. We know these awards are narrative based. If the narrative is such that, holy shit, Steph has the Warriors, you know, 16 and four without Clay. And then there's your MVP. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'll switch. <laughs> I think Steph Curry's going to be big. And this is <laughs> not on Patreon, but thank you to, to our patrons out there. Um, thank you so much for your contributions so far. We passed 200 patrons last week. So thank you for that. And we will have an episode with John Bernardo Zrowski and uh, Yash uh, Manjanith recapping oh the NBA 75, which I guess, Jeremy, we really haven't gotten your take on this. Do you have? A take on the NBA 75? Any snubs you saw? Did you yeah, care Dwight, about the list? Dwight Howard should have Dwight been Howard, on the list. yes. I, I think there's a good conversation for Clay as well. I don't think Dane probably should have been on it. It's also tough. This is the, the biggest thing for me is that comparing eras is so challenging because we're also very much there's recency bias and also the game just continues to change. But you know, if you see great players in the mm-hmm. 60s and then you have someone who 10 years ago was also in the MVP conversation. Then how do you, how do you compare the two? Uh, it's really tough. So, um, but no, I, I think again, it's, it's hard to put someone on without taking someone off. So the easiest one, in my opinion, is putting Dwight on there, taking Damian Lillard off. Other than that, pretty good for the most part. I think it would have been nice to see Bernard King on there too, but um, yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's tough. There's 75 players and, there are a whole lot of them who have played in the NBA. So I didn't always be some snubs. I didn't like how many players and voting members admitted how little they took on this. That is just my only thought. Oh, before. I didn't even know that. that, that Clyde said out. during the game on, on Friday that it took him a whole day. <laughs> Meanwhile, John like 
spent three weeks on his list. Kendrick Perkins. Longer than that. I spent longer than that. But the point is, like, this should have been something studied and, you know, researched. And I think a lot of these voters were like, how do I feel about these guys? Hence why, you know, Dame gets in, AD gets in, and Dwight Howard, who is universally unliked in NBA circles, did not make it. Yeah. I have other thoughts. I'll save them. I'll Kendrick, save them for the Kendrick Perkins said it took him an afternoon. Carry the hell on. Kendrick Perkins got the vote. Was one of the voters. Yes. I didn't even realize that. Wow. Okay. Or if he didn't, let me, I mean, don't let me actually fact check myself. There was one of the voters. Just no, he said he did a list. And oh, it okay. It took an afternoon. afternoon. Okay. Regardless, this is something that, what, like we're potentially doing an NBA, a Knicks 75, Jeremy. And I was like, oh, so for this Wednesday? And I was like, no, I need months to prepare for this. It's like, okay. Like that, as as much as I would love to have the content, I appreciate the actual thoughts well, that I, is going into these exercises. I wanted I wanted months to prepare my my top 75 for the NBA. Um, and I if I had a little bit more time, I probably would have made an adjustment or two. Um, but whatever, I, I'll stand by my list. I think it was fine. Um, in any case, yeah. An afternoon. Yeah, an great. afternoon. Okay. Um, <laughs> anything else or we're we good? I think we're good. Oh, can I give one quick shout out? Uh, yeah. Today, when you guys are listening and when this one person is listening, happy birthday to my dad, Pastor Claudio. Thank you for, he's been jumping on your, on your live streams lately. Really? Uh, yeah, he's be, been chiming in in the chats and just go Knicks because that's like all he is really going to contribute. Um, but yeah, shout out to to Papa Claudio, and uh, I'm heading back to Long Island tomorrow night to do some. Uh, Texas Roadhouse is like the universal place my family goes to for every birthday dinner. So you know, biscuits and steak on on me tomorrow night, Dad. <laughs> Happy birthday, Pastor Claudio. Um, I haven't met you in person yet, but I look forward to uh, doing that at some point. Um, you did send his wife a very nice note because she is a Ewing tier Patreon <laughs> patron. So I had to make sure I qualified, quantified it. Don't worry, John. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Claudio. Thank you, Andrew Claudio. Uh, thank you, Mr. Cohen. And of course, thank you everybody out there for checking out another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, don't forget, rate, review, uh, subscribe if you haven't already done so um as always we will be doing live streams after every game on youtube and then flipping those around for the uh podcast um shortly thereafter um but uh, on behalf of jeremy cohen and andrew i will be seeing you soon have a good week Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.